This is episode number 183, Conversations on Cancer, with Shelly, Carrie, and Katie. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lokid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to make a few quick announcements. First one being an invitation to our upcoming call called Courageous conversations. This is something that we started a few months ago with the intention of bringing our community even closer, as well as creating a space for each and every single one of us to be able to not only better understand ourselves, but also those that are walking next to us. If you would like to know more details about any of these upcoming calls, please leave us a message through our website at overcomingodds.today. The second announcement that I'd like to make is in regard to our upcoming event called Survive to Thrive, A Parent's Journey. This is an experience that we've been wanting to put together for a few months by now with the intention of creating a space for other parents to be able to come together and relate as well as understand each and every single one of the journeys that they've been on as well as the lessons and the takeaways that they've learned through the hardship including COVID-19, as well as some of the other circumstances. If you'd like to know more details about this upcoming experience, please visit our website at overcomingodds.today forward slash events. The last thing that I would like to mention is if you have liked any of the previous episodes and continue to enjoy the content that we put out there, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google, so more people can hear these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. Katie, Shelly, and Carrie, welcome to the show. Hi, thank, thank you, you so much. Absolutely. We're so excited. This is my first in having a conversation with not one or two, but three people at the same time. <laughs> so... There's- be careful what you wish for. This is the lesson that I'm learning. <laughs> well, hopefully it is great fun and goes wonderfully. Yeah. Now, I, I appreciate this opportunity. And I think there is something um, special. And for me, what I've learned is that everything happens for a reason, as long as I choose to give it a reason whenever I can. And I think it's funny how our paths align. And I also think that there is a lot to be said between the organization and the life that you guys have started, the name alone, I, I think it's <laughs> fascinating. You know, Cancer Cartel, you don't really, um, you, A, you don't come across that, and B, you don't really associate the two in the same sentence. So I want to start off with the story and how you guys started that, what drew you to it. And Carrie, would you be able to kick us off and kind of see where we can go from there? 
Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so Cancer Cartel was launched with Katie and I had gone to another charity event. There is a local food bank here in the Seattle area called Northwest Harvest. And she and I spent a day up there packaging food for people who um, are in need. And, you know, uh, cancer, obviously, we're three cancer survivors. And so cancer has kind of been a thread through our friendship. Katie and I have been friends about four or five years now. And on our way home, we just kind of started talking about cancer and talking about how, you know, here we are helping others today and how we're both so blessed to be alive. We've overcome, you know, incredible health challenges and, you know, when that happens to you, it changes you for sure. And we just started talking about how we're meant for more and we need to do something. We should be giving back every day. How can we create something that we could literally love people and help them every single day? And of course, it would have to do with cancer. It would have to do with multiple kinds of cancer because she and I had different kinds of cancer. And so we just started throwing ideas at the wall on our way home. In about 40 minutes, we came up with the, the main frame of Cancer Cartel. It didn't have a name yet. Um, what we were striving to be is the real real, which if you don't know what that is or your audience doesn't know what that is, it's a luxury um, reseller online. So they accept donated clothing, shoes and accessories and they resell them. Well, we thought, well, we could resell them and use the money and give it right to people fighting cancer. Cancer is ridiculously expensive and it's not just mm -hmm. your medical bills. It increases your daily living expenses exponentially. So we thought we can change that. So by the time we got home, we were fired up like crazy. And um, Katie called her sister, Shelly. And Shelly, I'll let you kind of take it from there and talk about where you were at and what was going on with you when you heard the idea. Yeah, so Katie and I are both sisters. Um, and I had breast cancer and she had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I was probably ahead of her journey about five years um, in my cancer journey. We both had skin cancer as well throughout the years too. Um, so I was in my a corporate job. I was in there for 20 years working in finance. Um, after my cancer, I went back to work pretty quickly. Um, but soon after that, I realized there had to be more for me. I mean, after I think you go through something that could be cancer, it could be a death or it could be a divorce, anything, uh, you know, any type of an injury, you kind of look at life a little bit differently. So when I was sitting in my office in these meetings, I would be like wanting to bang my head against the wall. I mean, people were arguing over like the pettiest things and I just, it was driving me crazy. So I, at that time I kept, I started to talk to Katie about just like, gosh, we should do something. We've both been through cancer. Um, I finally left that job when my daughter turned three. Um, but Katie and I had been talking like, gosh, we should do something. You know, we both love fashion. We should open a boutique. Um, just kind of bouncing ideas off like for probably a good couple of years, just going back and forth. Um, and then my daughter entered kindergarten in September and the timing was just perfect. Katie called me in October and told me that her and Carrie had just had this conversation. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is what we've been like, you know, we didn't know what it was, but that was mm -hmm. it. Um, <laughs> And so we, I got to meet Carrie the next week. We met at a Mexican buffet restaurant yeah. <laughs> and we started, I mean, quickly just started bouncing ideas off of this thing, like, you know, how we're going to do it. And I would say I, it was pretty daunting at first, like, um, you know, starting a nonprofit when you've never done it before, mm -hmm. all the paperwork. Um, so we probably talked about it for a good six months, like just talking about the ideas, how we would do it, but we never really sat down to the paperwork. Um, and we kind of all three, well, we all did go to a conference, a women's conference back in July of last year. 
And I think that kind of gave me the push I needed to. It was kind of about, you know, woman empowerment, just do it. Don't wait for everything to be perfect. Um, and so after that, we just started work on the paperwork, knocked it out and got our um, 501c3 pretty quickly. Um, and so from there, I mean, we've made a huge stride, I feel like in a year, just, and especially with COVID, we've had to, we'll talk about that too, how we've had to kind of pivot, pivot mm-hmm. quite a bit, but, um, but yeah, I, I was so excited at when they called me about this idea, because it was exactly what I needed, something to give back, but also just fun and interesting and, you know, yeah, so it was perfect. Katie, how did, yeah. how, how did you do on the journey? How did I do on the journey of starting Cancer Cartel? Yeah, how, how, what, what clicked for you as far as this is it? I want to be a this part of this. It because cancer is so expensive. I, I had to have a stem cell. She, like Shelly said, I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and I had to have a stem cell transplant. So I had to have an apartment. Like I had to get a separate place to live for six weeks so I could live next to the hospital. I had to be like super close to the hospital. So like, that's a huge expense. I mean, and even prior to that, I was having to drive, you know, an hour every day for what, Shelly? Like a year? Both directions. Oh, yeah. Both directions, yeah. And then, you know, get in the apartment. So I just, I knew how expensive cancer was. So this is really important to me to help people. I was so blessed to have my family. I mean, without my family, there's no way I, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know what I would have done. And so many people don't have um, the help I had. So it's really important to me to help people that were in my position because mm-hmm. it's scary and would... the stress makes cancer worse <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. I would go to a lot of appointments with Katie and especially where she was at getting treated um, it was very expensive um, and we would hear conversations in the hallway where people were actually deciding whether you know to get their medication or pay their mortgage or food I mean those are conversations people are having in the waiting room in the hallway and it was so upsetting um so that's why, I mean, it was, it was a no brainer that this is something that need, people need help with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Katie, you can talk about how you named it. <laughs> Katie came up with a name. Please, please tell I, us. I was just bouncing names around. I don't know. I just thought it was like kind of badass, you know, it was, it was tough. And when I told them, they were like, what? No, what does it mean? I was like, it doesn't matter what it means. It's just awesome. It's, I don't know. It makes us tough. Well, it does. And I, I mean, Katie is extremely creative, um, but she also knew, and you know, once she kind once we kind of, it's creating what it means. So mm-hmm. it didn't really mean anything, but now it really is. It's creating its own meeting. It's like, we're going after cancer and we walk yeah. back down and we're creating a league of people who, you know, are fighting this battle with us and supporting us. And yeah, mm-hmm. we are super happy that she's as creative and amazing as she is. Cause she, she nailed it. We love it. Oh, thanks. That's amazing. It, it really is a creative name and definitely did. It adds a different spin and a twist yeah. to a uh, concept to begin with. So totally. I want to, I want to take a step back and actually approach this through the lens of um, conversation. And that is how do you even begin to have a conversation about cancer? And the reason why is this, I have multiple people in my family that have cancer and there are different stages, different phases of treatment. And the thing that got me curious and and maybe we can spin the wheel here and start with Katie and make our way down. But in regard to, so there's a difference in conversation between someone who has cancer and someone who is in a support group of knowing someone who has cancer. Mm -hmm. And what I get curious about is when you get cancer, 
right? Mm -hmm. Like Katie, in your case. Yeah. What does that even mean? I mean, like, are you sitting there and like, holy shit, why me? You know, why am I the one? Or how do you even like begin to have a dialogue and what words yeah. even come out of your mouth at that point? Honestly, that's so funny. I, I've been telling these guys lately, I don't even know that I've processed yet still that I had cancer. Like it still blows my mind that I, like, I don't know if I've ever processed that I had it, that I went through everything I went through. Like it's, it's crazy. It's crazy, all of it. So yeah, I remember Shelly, I, I know you guys remember at first, like I had you call a couple of the people, like a couple of my friends, like I couldn't even say the words cause it's so weird. It's like, <clears throat> I mean, I'm 35 years old and I'm saying I have cancer. I don't know, the words just, it took me probably a few months to be able to call people and actually say, or no, maybe not that long, but um, I guess I don't even know how to answer that. Cause I don't know that I've processed it yet that I've even mm -hmm. like gone through it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It still feels like it's somebody else. Like it's almost like when I, when I think of what I went through, it's almost like I'm outside of my body like looking at somebody else. It's so weird. I can't, cause it was a lot. But when I talk about it, these guys always tell me that too. I minimize it so much, but it was a, it was huge what I did. It was a massive journey and it was a long time and it was super hard, but I just, I don't know. I don't remember it like that. It's so weird. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to explain it. These guys might be better at explaining it. <laughs> well, I think when you're in it, you're kind of, um, you have to just take it step by step and not look at the whole thing. But myself, I had my mother-in-law passed away from cancer probably two years before me. And she lived with us for a year while she was sick. And then I had Katie after mine. And I could say from um, being in both situations in it and being a support person, I think being on the support side is more difficult. Um, I think your initial reaction when you get cancer is kind of like what Katie said, it's, it sucks. You feel sorry for yourself for a little bit, but then I mean, you, you have to pick yourself right back up and you have to get through all of that, those steps. The doctors are amazing and you lean on your support system throughout that journey. So as a support person, I feel like you have to be the strong person for mm -hmm. that person going through cancer. So I kind of feel like you have to, it, it is more difficult on the outside because you don't know what to do for these people. Mm -hmm. You don't know, um, you know, what do they need? What should I call them? Or um, the stress of not knowing, like, are they going to make it? But I think when you're in the fight, you know, you know what you have to do, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's difficult. It sucks. I mean, you cry it sometimes because you don't want to go to your appointments, but you just do it because you have to, I mean, that's, that's what you have to do. Mm -hmm. You suck it up. But, um, but yeah, I think watching Katie go through it myself was harder than when I personally went through it, <laughs> mm. seeing somebody in that position. I agree with that. It's harder yeah. to watch someone go through it. Yeah. Carrie, what was your perspective? in, in a, you know, being a supporting role being in a supporting role or being having cancer myself i uh, either either you, Both. Yeah. okay Both. So, <laughs> my experience um i definitely did a very bad job of accepting help and sharing even with my family what was really going on um my dad lived out of town during that time and he really didn't have he, he didn't know exactly what was going on. I um, did not lean on my support system near as well as I could have. And in hindsight, that's a big regret that I have. And that's something that I would share with both people fighting cancer and people trying to support others with cancer um, is 
accept the help because I know that I would be further along probably in my life, like emotionally now, like Katie talks about never processing it. I'm 100% positive that there's a lot that I haven't processed. Um, just because I had some other kind of crazy things going on in my life at that same time, it wasn't just cancer that I was fighting. Um, I would say just accept the help and, you know, don't be afraid to ask people because they really, really want to help you. So that's how I would encourage both people who are fighting cancer right now, or even our past cancer, but still haven't dealt with it is, you know, get help. There's so much great, like professional help out there too, but don't be afraid to call your mom or your sister or your brother, whoever in your life that you love or, and you know, loves you because they freaking want to help you. What was your biggest fear in regard to sharing about sharing the news? Um, I am a people pleaser and I didn't want to upset those around me. So instead of stressing out, um, my mom's been in the medical profession for my whole entire life. Um, so she was definitely there the whole time, but instead of stressing out my little sister who has three kids, um, I just kept it all to myself. So, um, that was not a good life choice. I always get curious about that because. I, I've definitely been, I think in similar situations where I chose not to accept help because of the same exact thing, yeah. fear of rejection, you know, not yes. wanting to be judged. And I also think in my opinion, in the society that we're living right now, asking for help, it's seen as a sign of weakness and not as a sign of strength. For sure. And for me, I think it's completely backwards, you know, like, I don't know what I don't know. So how am I, how else am I going to figure it out? How else yes. is there to figure out besides asking for help and ask questions? So uh, cancer and some of the other topics been really interesting to have conversations around because it kind of showed me a different understanding that it's um, as difficult as it may be, you, you need other people, you know, to support Absolutely. you along the journey. Yeah. I will say that yeah. these two girls that you are on the line, I mean, I'm not the sister, so they're sisters and they had each other to go through this journey, but I will say, and it'll make me emotional, but like they have totally helped me process like what I went through. And so this group of people and being able to share our stories with people like you, I mean, this is so healing for me. And I feel in this short year, like so much better equipped for what's coming in my life because I've had these two incredible women to share this journey with and to talk about what I've been through. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's sharing with the people that we are helping, um, not to jump ahead, but I mean, we've had some conversations with people and it's very, um, emotional and raw. I mean, these people are going through the fight right now and they are so appreciative of the three of us talking to them and being their support person, especially during COVID. I mean, it gets very lonely um, while you're going through treatment because you're going into those appointments by yourself. So, mm -hmm. so the three of us, I mean, I think we're, we're doing great things on the financial side, like helping people, but I think what kind of what Carrie was leaning to really last year, I mean, we're helping these people and they're helping us to like, as we're talking to them, it's, um, yeah, it's pretty mm -hmm. amazing. Well, can I, can I give a tip for people that are supporting someone with cancer of course because us having it these guys will agree with me i think sometimes like you don't feel good right <laughs> say you're going through chemo you don't feel good and your friends are texting you sometimes 
don't text like a question that I have to respond to instead just like because sometimes if I if I respond I feel like it's going to be a back and forth and I'm just I don't feel good I, I if you just text me and said like thinking of you I love you oh hey I'm dropping some soup off it'll be on your porch no need to respond you know what I mean just like just like help them without needing a response like mm -hmm. yeah. let me know you're thinking of me but don't like a make question. it about like, you hey, how was today hey how was today and then I have to respond mm -hmm. Oh, it was good. Chemo went good. And then you respond with something else. And then we're in this back and forth conversation and I'm just tired, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, so instead just say, I love you. I'm thinking of you. I'm dropping a lasagna off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no need to respond. Don't worry about answering the door, whatever, you know, just like leave it open for him. Just let him know you're thinking about him. Don't yeah. ask questions that need a response, like an, mm -hmm. a, you know, an answer back. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling? <laughs> Yeah, how are you feeling? Oh, not great. This is how I feel. Like yeah. shit. You always get the, I feel like, like shit. Feeling. Not good. Yeah. You know, for me, per, for me personally, I love. Like, I was. I went back to work during my treatment. But the reason I did is one to keep my mind off of it, but also to feed off the energy of people. Like mm -hmm. when you're around people, when you're when you're down, you need that energy. I feel like. And so I would actually, I mean, that's, I would bring, take all that in while I was at work because people were like doting on me, especially like, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, and they do, and they're like bringing you stuff or, you know, and so that felt, so good. yeah, it felt mm -hmm. so good um, to have that. Mm -hmm. so, so, yeah. How does, so Katie, I'm sorry, but I am going to have to ask a question here. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> what is that process like? going through chemo i haven't gone through it i mean i, I don't i have no reference point it's, what is where does one even so begin weird. in trying to understand that at first it's so weird because you just feel like i mean the idea that something's going into your body like poison it just you feel like you're just like you can feel it going in you because you know you have to get a port they have to put like a port in your chest you have to mm -hmm. get a little surgery to get a port so that they can put the chemo in you how, how would you explain that guys what is that like a constant like an yeah. IV, a constant like IV. IV. Yeah, a constant IV. Yeah, you can kind of fill open. the fluid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they tap into yeah. it every time. So for me and Shelly, like, we couldn't even go to the doctor prior to having cancer. We were the type, like, if, if you took my blood pressure, I would start crying. Like, I couldn't handle any, like, any of that stuff. So for me, like, going into chemo for the first time, it, it felt like... The biggest fear, the biggest fear ever. <laughs> Oh, like poison. Yeah. Like you're being poisoned. And I don't know. I just had to keep my mind. I had like little parties in my chemo room. Shelly will tell you, like my whole family would come and I was crazy. I mean, I got, I would eat Mexican food and stuff. We had like little parties in my room. I, I'm not a good reference because I was so weird. I don't know. <laughs> like, no, I, think, Shelley, I you... think you're explaining it right. I mean, am I? It's, like... Yeah. I mean, cause for Katie and I, we were definitely afraid of needles and everything. So, I mean, going through that was like, and that's probably why we had to do this is because we yeah. had to learn something through it. But mm -hmm. I mean, you know, just going to a doctor, like she said before, like a pressure on your the blood pressure, that would drive me crazy. And oh. here I had to go in every week and get this chemo. Um, but I'll tell you, the staff and the nurses are amazing. And um, the work that they do, I mean, they make you feel comfortable. They are um I mean, yeah, you're sitting there with this thing in your chest, but you know, you can watch a show, they'll bring you in food or snacks and um, they're just so comforting. So, um, and then what it does, I mean, that was one thing I, I for, like Katie's and my parent, our parents, like when they came to stay with me after my first chemo. And so, you know, you don't know how you're going to react to it. Like, you know, mm -hmm. after you go home. And so that was like, they're always like, 
how are you feeling? Is it, how, is it changing? Is it changing anything? And I think it's such a slow process for me once I, once the chemo started, it took a good couple of weeks of doing it before you start to feel like the sluggish or not feeling well. Um, but mine was like just a couple days. Like I'd do it on a Friday and the weekend I'd, you know, feel kind of down and I'd feel much better by Monday. And I think Katie, you were kind of similar. I mean, you would bounce back pretty quickly. Um, well, yeah. And they're all different. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, yeah. Everyone's experience is different because there's so many different chemos. All the chemos yeah. are different. So all the reactions are different. So mm-hmm. I was yeah. lucky to not get super nauseous a lot. I mean, a couple, when Neither I was in the hospital I. a couple of times when I had to do hardcore chemo, but like my weekly chemo, like I didn't, I was pretty lucky yeah. to not get super nauseous. I mean, I lost all my hair and all that, but yeah. And I think for Katie and I both, we actually told the doctors that we do not want to know the side effects of mm-hmm. the or anything that they were giving us. Um, if there was something that we needed to know to tell like our spouses or our, somebody with, that was there with us. Um, Cause we kind of both felt like it, once you put it in your brain, your body kind of hears that. And yes. yeah. so we didn't want to know any of the side effects. And I think that does help a lot. Um, and for me personally, I was such a freak. I actually listened to affirmations like um, at the time I had an iPod <laughs> and, and I downloaded like all these affirmations, positive things. And so literally while I would be getting my um, labs drawn or my chemo, that's what I had in my ears was all these positive affirmations. So, um, but yeah, that's, but I think everyone experiences it differently too. I mean, I think it's kind of mm-hmm. how you go into it. I mean, Katie's was more about keeping it fun and light and laughing um, that's how a lot. She, we laughed, yeah. the whole we laughed time. a lot. Yeah. And I think for some people, it just, just depends how they are, how they want to deal with it going in. Mm. I still remember I the time say, of the iPod and yeah. those, <laughs> yes. those are the days, but I will say I was like five years ahead of Katie. And so when I was there, um, in the chemo rooms, um, cause we both were treated at Seattle cancer care Alliance. When I was there, a lot of people were getting taken out on stretchers. Like they couldn't walk after. Um, or they were sick while they were getting chemo from five years. I did not see that with Katie. Like people were healthy, walking in there, walking out of there. It was such an extreme. Um, so you, you know, that they were just in that time frame. there was some huge advancements in the medicines or what they were able to give people. Um, they weren't as weak. It's so mm. funny. I would have thought it was so scary to walk in somewhere like that before. Like I, I couldn't even have imagined prior to getting sick, walking into somewhere like that. I would have thought it was so scary. And it's just not a scary place at all. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just not. Mm-hmm. And everybody, even the staff, everyone's so happy. Everyone loves working in there. Yeah, it's incredible. And yeah, people aren't dying person. like they used to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Carrie, what was your experience? Well, I am the lucky one of the three who did not have to have chemo. So um, I, I, I know I downplay it because I have survivor guilt. That's something that's a, a real thing. And that's, you know, when these girls are telling their horrible story and Katie lost her hair and, you know, I, they're both so afraid of needles. I wish that I, I would have taken that from both of them because I have been a patient my whole life. Like my mom, we <laughs> like, I'm not afraid of needles or any of that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I, um, I have a hard time, you know, yes, I had cancer multiple times, um, but I never had to have chemo or radiation and I'm very, very blessed by that. So my experience is very different and I definitely feel this like weight when I'm telling my story because it was easier than 
I I had seven surgeries in 11 months. I had, I mean, my experience was terrible, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I have this weird because I didn't have chemo thing um, that makes me feel, you know, like my journey was less than so. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, so that's how I'm that's how I've processed it. Um, but yeah, su- surgery sucks. Um, and uh, I, yeah, that, I mean, that's I guess I could tell that part of the story. <laughs> Her journey was hard. <laughs> my journey was hard. Do you believe there's hardship? Do you believe there's value in suffering? Oh my gosh. hardship. I will stand up on this table and jump up and down and talk about the value of hardship. We won't like, be able is... to fully see you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but no, that is honestly like what I believe my mantra is. I have had, um, yeah, I've had some pretty scary stuff. Not only have I had cancer, but I also had near fatal spinal meningitis um, when I was 30. Um, that was very, that was actually maybe even more traumatizing than, um, my cancer journey, my health has been a challenge my whole life, but yes, I 100% think that this was handed to me because I am meant to use it to not just my own advantage, but to the, the world's advantage and to Mm -hmm. share, share my story and to share this journey with Katie and Shelly. And like, we are changing people's lives and it is the most incredible feeling and I'm so grateful for every terrible thing that's ever happened to me because I am motivated to use every little one of those details and help other people's lives be better because of them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I I mean what the first thing my surgeon told me when we were sitting in the room and I just was getting all this information in with all my doctors um, and I was I'm sure I had like this blank stare on my face I was scared to death um, she took my hand and said, Shelly, you're going to make it and you're going to come out stronger on the other side. And I, I mean, that is something I l- listened to over and over in my head when she, you know, as the times that w- really sucked and I'm like, she said, I'm going to come out stronger. And she was so right. I mean, um, such a stronger person today than I ever was before. So that's what I would tell people too, is that it is going to make you a stronger person on the other side. Mm-hmm. I agree for sure. Let's shift gears a little bit and jump into kind of the, the quote unquote business end of this. And that is, so when I started on nonprofit, one of the biggest lessons that I learned was um, it's expected of you to move mountains with pennies. And it's just a very unrealistic <laughs> yeah, thing so to do. It's so incredibly <laughs> challenging. And, you know, as, so as much as I was told that you have all these resources and whatever else to to have it your access, it's it's hard. I mean, yeah. first time donors don't want to support something that's just a gra- grass seed um, mm-hmm. because there's no traction, there's no you know auditing, blah blah blah. And I just realized that it's such a misunderstood concept at nonprofits space in general because you you literally are expected to move mountains with pennies, mm-hmm. and it. I mean, that's not possible. So how no. do I mean? How do you like? Let's where you guys are at right now and maybe your journey leading up to today do you agree you know have you had a different experience like what how challenging has it been for you to get this off the ground i would say um that we are absolutely stealing that (laughs) statement go ahead move mountains with pennies is incredible um yeah we 
we are grassroots. Like we literally, none of the three of us are getting paid. Like we're doing this all with blood, sweat and literal tears. Oh yeah. But we're <laughs> proud of that. Um, and you're right. Like, you know, they tell you that there's all these resources and there, there really aren't. You kind of just, you know, we use the Google a lot to find <laughs> ways to, you know, build this. We've built most of it on social media. Social media has been a huge tool for us. Um, and we've managed to contact some pretty incredible people who believed in us right away. Um, but yeah, we are really scraping this together by any means necessary. You're totally right. It's, you know, it is, it's hard. <laughs> it's not as easy as people want you to think it is. You see the big nonprofits out there and you're like, oh, well, if they can do it, we can. And we can, it's just uh, not as easy for us as it is for them. Yeah. I also think the landscape is, is different. I mean, this is my opinion of it, but so I remember when I was first starting, I was getting approached by some of the bigger nonprofits, or I would have conversations with some of these CEOs. And oftentimes they would just tell me, Hey, just get under our umbrella, just quit what you're doing. You know, we'll give you a position here. You'll, you'll be fine. And that just like, no, what, why would I do that? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if it was offered before I would have been working there. So there's, yeah. there's, there's clearly a misaligned. So I think it's interesting. And the reason what, and the thing that it made me think of, and I don't know how accurate it is. Maybe that's not even the point, but there is that concept that we are quote unquote competing for the same dollar. I don't fully align with that. Mm -mm. But I think some of the, there may be a tendency among some organizations to think that. And so whenever another one starts, you know, in the space of cancer or child welfare or, or poverty or hunger, whatever it may be, it maybe there's that tendency to think that, oh, okay, here's another one that's going to steal our resources, money, where I don't believe in that. I think there's plenty of sand for all of us to play in the sandbox. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. I think there are plenty of toys. Um and it's just, it's just been a really interesting journey to say the least. I mean, talk about trying to survive off chicken salad and chicken noodle soup. <laughs> that was a blessing right? by the way, to have yes. chicken noodle soup because it's, it's more expensive compared to some of the other cans. It, it was just such tomato. a, mm. uh, I kid I you not, tomato. my journey has been, there were days where I had to stretch out certain portions of food over the course of a week. Yeah. Wow. It just, it gets that difficult. I mean, it, it's what, for me, what shifted was when I started to add speaking to my um, portfolio, so to speak, and that's completely shifted my trajectory, but it's, it, it's um, in honest truth, I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people started off. I don't know how they not only get it off the ground, but how do you maintain it? You know, how do you, how do you build it? Because, I mean, so much of it is dependent on your own ability to convey the message, to win someone's confidence. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I get curious also in regard to not everyone is a gifted storyteller. Mm -hmm. What do you That's do true. then? Yeah. yeah. You, you hire one or find one because really that, <laughs> because, <laughs> really that is, I mean, I think that we um, we're really blessed that you know, the three of us are, there's three of us, number one, that is definitely a benefit. Um, we have three very complementary skill sets. And I think that that maybe has made it a little easier for us to move further in a faster 
you know, with a faster trajectory, because if it was just me, uh, I mean, we'd be a hot ass mess by now. Um, but, uh, you know, we each have different abilities and, um, we don't subscribe to the fact that there's not enough money for everyone. Cause there definitely is our, what we're doing and with our edgy name and with fashion and what we're combining is going to speak to one audience. Whereas maybe an, a softer, um, you know, cancer charity would mm -hmm. speak to someone else. Um, and the partnerships that we're going after and looking at brands to align with and that type of thing, we're definitely going after people and going after is maybe not the way we're seeking to partner with brands who we see have kind of an edgier feel or, mm -hmm. or we know just speak our language. And I think that that's been, you know, kind of like talking about adding speaking to your portfolio. Mm -hmm. um, for us, it's really been seeking out these strategic brand partnerships and some, you know, celebrity endorsements that have, that have propelled us. So that's how that's kind of how we're overcoming, but, and we're also, we're very lucky. Like, you know, we have significant others who can manage our household finances while we volunteer countless hours to this every week for, you know, the last year. Yeah, and I think people are drawn to us too. I mean, like our personalities, I think once we get on the phone with people, um, you know, I think they, they really, people are drawn in and they love that it's a grassroots. I mean, people there's, feel there's the passion. A lot of, yeah. And there's been a lot of people that have said that that's what they really like is the grassroots. Cause they've been looking for something that's more grassroots than your typical large charities out there. So, mm -hmm. um, then Susan G. Komen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that's been a plus for us right now. Um, and I think the three of us, we just know, um, deep down, I mean, we know this is going to be a big hit and we know there's going to be people getting behind us. It might take a little bit of time to get that, um, mm -hmm. the large donors, but we know that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. They're out there. Yeah. It's, it's all a matter of time, matter of time, matter of persistence. And you, yeah, I mean, my experience I'm going has after been, him. yeah, if you yes. go after it long <laughs> enough, <laughs> you'll find it. Go after him. I'm saying we're going after him. Yeah. And <laughs> honestly for right now, I mean, we've, um, we've been able to do pretty well just off of the, I mean, we're not by any means have, you know, large donors, but um, we've been able to help a lot of people in just small ways. And I think that mm -hmm. that has been really great right now. I mean, people are so blessed to get a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. Um, we've been doing that all through COVID. And um, I mean, the messages we get back just on the hundred dollars has been amazing. I mean, these people yeah, are going to go out and buy the one that touched me just because I have a daughter is the one that could go buy her daughter a birthday gift that she wasn't going to be able to do. Mm. Um, and then we've given some larger chunks since then. Um, the lot, I guess two weeks ago, we sat down and gave some uh, d additional funds. But um, with the little bit that we have, we've been able to affect a lot of people so far. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's been That's incredible. amazing. Yeah. I want to do something different for the last couple of minutes that we have. Yeah. And that is um, starting with Carrie. Carrie, how do you remember the two of these and what kind of impact have they had in your life? Wait, say that again. I'm sorry. How do you remember? How would you like to remember Katie and Shelly? And what kind of impact have they had in your life? Oh my gosh, that's the best question I've ever been asked. Carrie's good at answering these kind of questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. These two women are by far two of the most remarkable human beings that I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. And 
I know that they will both be remembered for the impact that they have had on countless lives. They are so family oriented. They have two other sisters and just a mom and a dad. They're incredible. And they have welcomed me into their family and treat me as one of them. And I think that just being able to be intertwined and to create this mission of Cancer Cartel with these two strong, amazing, kind, loving, just incredible women is the most incredible blessing in my life. And so I, um, they'll probably both outlive me, but if I had got to stand up and give their eulogy, it would be my honor. <laughs> You better write it before you go then because if you know <laughs> Okay, I'll write your I'll write your eulogies so someone else can deliver them. <laughs> so yeah, I can't, I can't say that. enough. Katie. You should have made me go last. <laughs> yeah. Katie, your turn. Okay. Well, what would I say about them? Well, I can't say anything nice about Shelly. She's my sister. <laughs> <laughs> No, they're both incredible. I'm so lucky to be on this journey with them. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm so blessed. I, did I already say that? <laughs> Carrie's amazing. I mean, I, she speaks Katie. Like she can take anything that comes out of my brain and like turn it into something and actually know what I'm saying. No one has ever like spoke Katie that's as well. That's as a Carrie. good way of putting it. She really does though. Yeah. Yeah, that's can. true. Because it like like Carrie said it, she said it would just be a mess if it was her by herself. If it was me, this would just be a pile of ideas. Like I would have gone nowhere. <laughs> like just just a whole bunch of ideas written down. Um, no, I would remember them as yeah, two amazing women that I'm so blessed to be on this journey with. We're gonna change so many lives, and I guess that's all. Like I said, I shouldn't have went after Carrie. <laughs> all good, <laughs> Shelley. Well, I will say these two are the creatives. So I am more like, you know, I came from a finance background. So I'm like, you know, I kind of, you know, play by the rules, you know, I'm a child. God bless girl. you for that. Yes. So these two have pushed me outside of my boundaries. Like they'll come up with ideas and I'll be like, I mean, I'll have to like think about it for, you know, a couple of days. Like, <laughs> and we're like, are yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Are we yeah. really going to do this? Um, I mean, even just, I mean, launching this thing, like they were ready to go. I'm like, gosh, shouldn't we do this or this or this? But I mean, these two, I mean, they know how to push and they, um, I mean, th that's how come we are where we're at. I mean, they have all, I mean, like Katie said, she has so many ideas spouting out all the time. I mean, we have a mo morning meeting. We meet every morning and Katie's always has these ideas, ideas, ideas. So I'm trying to capture them all the time. Like, you know, what we're going to do. And then Carrie is so creative. Like she just has like the writing she can write about anything and so elegant, like, you know, like they'll speak to someone and, um, and people like she can be out. Like we did a, an event yesterday on the street, just, um, we sold some stuff at a pop-up event that we had and Carrie's out there talking to every single person. And, um, so, I mean, honestly, like Carrie said, we all have our own strengths to this and these two are the creatives. And that's what I remember. I mean, that's how we're, we're getting to where we're at We're They're coming up with ideas on, how we're going to pivot, um, what are we going to do during COVID. And um, so it's been incredible. It's, it's really um, pushed me to different levels that I never thought, I mean, of, you know, doing different things. So yeah, it's been great. That's awesome. We couldn't I'm, do I'm, without the two of them for sure. That's awesome. I'm glad that I've been able to uh, share the space with all of you. And I want to close this off by giving people a chance to connect 
with you, the work that you do, what's the best way to find it? Um, one other question is who are you looking to connect with? So for anyone that's listening, they might be of help of resource. What would be helpful? Um, anybody who believes in the mission, I mean, everyone's been touched by cancer. So, um, it, you know, if you see a way that you can partner with us, if someone listening to this fantastic in your audience, you know, sees a way that they can partner with us, we're always open to creative ideas. Um, you know, I mean, you want to talk about dream people, Oprah, like <laughs> that's who we want to get in touch with. Um, but yeah, finding out we're on social media. We're very active on Instagram, Facebook. Um, our website is cancercartel.com. Really simple to find girls. Is there anybody you want to add to that list? Um, no, you, I would say YouTube too. Follow us on YouTube. Oh yeah. YouTube. Sorry. Yeah. We're building our YouTube. <laughs> yeah. And then if anyone does need support, I mean, we have a form on our website. Um, it's a very easy form to fill out and they it gets sent right directly to our email and we'll respond back to you pretty quickly. So, mm -hmm. um, so that's always there too. And we, we also want to thank you yeah, for having us. You. We are so yeah. honored to yeah. be in your space and for you to share us with your audience awareness drives this mission you know you have a nonprofit. it's all about awareness and getting out there and we just want to thank you for We're taking so the time with yeah. us today yeah no, absolutely and we'll make sure to include all the different links and different ways that people can get in touch with you and learn about your stories and everything about it um on our end awesome thank, thank, you. thank you so much Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, consider subscribing to our podcast so you can receive all of the latest content as well as all of the upcoming episodes. Also, if you like what you heard on any of the previous episodes, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next week.